All right, if you do me a favor, I would like for you to grab your uh, verse card. And uh, I want you to read on the, I want to read, I want you to read through the verse card with us real quick. Uh, It begins with saying, yeah, thank you, perfect, yeah. It begins with saying, like, he is like a what? Say it with me. He is like a? Planted by? He is like a? Planted by? Thank you so much. He is like a tree planted by streams of water, and it yields its fruit in its? Y'all with me so far? And it yields its fruit in its? Its leaf does not, in all that he does, he The wicked are not so, they are like the chaff that the wind drives away. Today, we're going to break down what this is talking about. If I were to tell my mama, Nora Jean, that's her name, well, her name is Nora Lee, but we call her Nora Jean for some reason, I don't know why. Uh, Nora Jean... If I were to say, Mom, you are like a tree, I would be grounded until the day I die. Y'all with me? Not the most flattering compliment, right? Y'all with me there? Um, Whatever you're grounded for right now, because you said something wrong to your parents, I promise me calling Nora Jean a tree would not fly in the O'Hara household, okay? But David jumps in and says... You are like a tree. You're like a tree. And the question is, what does he mean? I got some pictures on the screen for you real quick. Y'all may not be able to see it on this side. Are y'all okay on this side? I'm going to move it over a little bit more for you. He is like a tree. We got a picture of this first one. The sequoia. Is that okay? You got a sequoia pic for us? Have y'all ever, anybody ever been to the sequoias? Let's go back to the sequoia tree real quick. Have y'all ever been to these? The redwoods up in, you have? Is it as huge as it looks on the TV, you know? Okay, all right, perfect. We'll go to the next picture. You got a bonsai tree. Anybody own one of these in their home, any y'all? No? Anybody? Two people in the back have bonsai trees. That's pretty cool. Hmm? You do too? Let's go to the next one. What is this from? What's this next tree from? Yeah, this is the Rafiki tree. You know what I'm talking about? The one with the magical monkey. All right, let's go to the next one. Yeah, maybe a, maybe a Christmas tree. I, regardless of what we're talking about here, when David says a tree, you might be thinking there's a lot of trees that I could think of in my mind. What kind of tree is David referring to? What kind of tree is he referring to in this? What we're going to do is we're going to break down Psalm chapter 1, verse 3 and 4. We're going to find out what this tree is and what he means when he says you're like a tree. But there are three parameters that define the person who is like a tree. And we looked at them last week in verse 1 and 2. What's the first thing that this person does not do? Thank you very much for saying it with a whisper. Can you tell it to me one more time? She says, this person does not walk in the counsel of the wicked. Do you all remember that from last week? Psalm chapter 1, blesses the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor delights, no, not delights, nor sits in the 
seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, meaning the Bible, the word. His delight is in the word of God. And on his word, on the Bible, he would meditate and think and chew on, marinate, meditate, Day and night. So the requirement is they don't walk in the way of the world. They do walk in the way of the word. And they also delight and meditate in it day and night. That's the requirement here. That person who does verses 1 and 2 will be like verse 3. Now this is so good when we chew on this. He says he is like a tree. What do y'all know about a tree? Number one, they are deeply rooted and they stand strong. They stand tall. A tree is deeply rooted and stands strong. And here's what we know. Where are they rooted at? This passage right here gives us a great indication. Where is the tree rooted? Y'all can talk. By streams of water. If If you've got a pen or a pencil or something, I encourage you, either on your card Or in Psalm chapter 1, I encourage you to circle streams of water. And here's what I want you to answer. Here's the question. I need y'all to do some study on this part right here, okay? And I'm going to give you about 30 seconds to come up with your answer. When he says you are like a tree, meaning this person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which streams of water are a necessary source of life and growth and resource for a tree... What is the stream of water that David might be referring to from what he said in Psalm chapter 1 and 2? What is the stream of water that David is referring to that the person is like a tree planted by streams of water? What is that referring to? You all with me there? Is that question making sense? Take 30 seconds. Think through what your answer is. What is the stream of water? What would that, what, what does that personify? What is that representing for us? All right, y'all got answers? Here's what I want you to do. I want you to tell the person to your right or your left, pick one person, I don't know which one, pick somebody, and tell them what you think the answer is. What is the stream of water talking about? In three, two, one, go. All right, all right. I heard a lot of answers out there, but there is one that I heard across the board, and it is the Bible. Ah, good job. Hey, anybody get it correct out there? Anybody? Okay, bravo, bravo. So here's the deal. Psalm chapter 1. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the what? The law of the Lord. And so what he's saying is, this person who is deeply rooted in the word, standing strong and firm in the word, is connected to the word. That's their life. That's their joy. That is, that is the absolute essence of who they are is built and rooted around what the Bible says. Can I just level with you? I know a lot of people my age 
and younger who do not live their life like the word of God is their life. Like, it, like without it, if I go three days without the word of God, I am in shambles because that is my life. A tree cannot succeed, cannot thrive if it is not rooted in the source of water. And so here's my question for you. Are you plugged into the holy tap water of Jesus Christ, diving into the word of God regularly because that is your life? When I was in, I was on a trip over December. I went to Peru and I was walking through a place. It was a desert place called Huacachina, all right? And Huacachina was a uh, desert sand place. It looked like a, like, it, I've never been there before. Anybody ever been to a desert before? I was a total, thank you for a couple of y'all who've been. I've never been. So everywhere I was walking around, I had my phone out, and you would have thought I was the absolute tourist man on scene, had my flower shirt on, not really, but I, that's what I looked like, you know? And I was taking pictures of the dunes, and people were like, what are you taking a picture for, man? It's just sand. I was like, how cool is that, right? You know, I'm like, this is neat. I'm going to show you a picture. Can I show the picture of the, the desert real quick? I put dune in the sand because it just recently came out. So there is the Huacachina Desert in Peru. There's nothing. For as far as you can see, it's just dunes. I remember we got in a dune bug. We were riding around doing our thing. But at the bottom, in the little nestled part, nestled part of the desert, we found this place. It was an oasis. See how it's barren right now? Now let me show you what it looks like near the oasis, the water pool. See the big sand dunes shooting up? But in the middle, in this bowl, there was this water spot, and you could see for days just trees and flourishing. And here's what I want to show you. Too many Christians get saved, and they live in the desert lands, never tapping into the water that's tapped in with the Lord. And that is connected through reading the Bible. Meditating on the Word is your oasis of life. You want to be a strong, sturdy, deeply rooted man and woman of God? It begins with plugging in and drinking from the source, which is the word of God. God wants to provide for you. He wants to bless you. He wants to walk you through the journey of life. But it's going to require you to go to the well and to pull out that source, to pull out that life. When you can live like the word of God is your life, I promise it will change the game. I've got a verse for you. My best friend Shelton, this is one of his favorite verses. It's in Deuteronomy. Can we pull this one up? Deuteronomy. I believe it's chapter 37 maybe? 32? Yeah, 32. He's talking about these commands that he's given them, all these commands that he's given them. And he says, for it is no empty word for you. I mean, these are not just vain, empty Random words I'm giving you, he says, but these are your very life. These are not just empty words, but they are your very life. If you're looking for a verse to memorize on top of Psalm 1, man, this is a great verse to memorize. Deuteronomy 32, verse 47. These words are not empty words. They are your life. They're everything about what you should live by, you should walk in, you should think on. They are your life. We've got to keep going. I can't stay here any longer. But I hope you get the picture that, man, if you're going to be a tree standing strong, deeply rooted, it begins by being tapped in to the Holy Word. Uh, man, the Bible, which is your holy tap water, man. I'm telling you straight up. All right, so next one. Here we go. It says, He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season. So I'm going to underline right here its fruit. Boom. Boom. We're also going to do in its season, all right? 
What does it mean to yield? It means to bear, to, to produce. Uh, so if you're, if you're taking notes, I would put beside it, I would put produce. Meaning this tree is going to bear fruit. What does that mean to bear fruit? It doesn't mean that you're going to walk around and you'd be like, hey, man, you still want that apple? <laughs> you know, and pull it out. That's not what it's talking about, right? So what does it mean? What does it mean to bear fruit? What kind of fruit is it talking about? What do you think? But, that's not exactly what it's talking about, but it's fine. I appreciate you saying that. Yeah, what do you think? Not exactly, but I could see where that could be from be fruitful, multiply from Genesis, not it. What do you think? The fruits of the Spirit. Bada bing, bada boom, my friend. That's it will produce the fruit, meaning when you were to take from the source of the Word of God, it's going to produce the fruit of the Word of God in your life. You're going to find joy. You're going to find hope. You're going to find, man, just kindness. You're going to be a, a godly friend and be around godly friends. You're going to be able to find success and joy in what you put your hands to because you're doing it with a pure, holy heart, and the hands blessing of the Lord is all over. I'm just telling you, when you tap in with the Lord here, he's going to produce horizontally. If you can tap in vertically with the Lord, horizontally, you're going to bear much fruit. That's what he's trying to tell you. And this is what's cool. He says, in your seasons, which tells me, hey, life is going to go like this. You're going to be going through summer, fall, winter, and spring. You're going to go through seasons in life. And a lot of people think when they get saved, they're like, yo, I just tapped into a lifetime of the summer breeze, you know? They think that's what the Christian life's about. I'm going to tell you right now, that is not the case. Y'all know what's going on across Ukraine and Russia right now, like, the believers over there are not experiencing summertime breeze right now. They're in the middle of a harsh, difficult winter that you would think of for a seasonal deal here. But my goodness, those believers are still going to bear their fruit despite the season around them. Other trees may struggle and have a difficulty walking through the season, but I'm telling you right now, by God's grace, if you can root yourself in the word, you will bear much fruit no matter the season around you. You're going to bear the fruit that comes with following Jesus. Produce is number one. Number two, the second one right there that goes with this verse is you're also going to persevere. We're going to tap into this a little bit more right here in this next verse. He says, and its leaf does not wither. Do you all know what wither means? Anybody know? To shrink, like just to kind of like, yeah. What else? To die, to expire, to dissolve, to go away, to be cast out. I mean, you get the picture. It's not like a cute thing. You're not like, happy Valentine's Day. Hope your next year is full of many withers. That's not what you would say, right? It's not cute. What it means is when a leaf, you know what, does anyone do yard work? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, it looks like a bunch of y'all. Y'all might come to my parents' house. I'm going to do some work soon. How about that? Yeah. Yeah. Y'all, y'all some good. We got some employees. Does not wither. Every year, shh, every year, man, season comes and go, and the leaves are going to fall off the trees. They're going to fall on the ground, and they're going to become all crumbled up. You know what I'm talking about? And eventually, they are dissipated into the ground. They are withered away. 
And what he's saying is, the person who walks with the Lord in the word of God, not in the way of the wicked, but delights in the word of God, meditating on it day and night, the person who does that is like a tree tapped into a constant resource that will bear much fruit in all seasons. Its leaf does not wither. It will not fade away, meaning there is an eternal, uh, man, there's an eternal, like, preservation that comes when you follow the Lord. It means today, it means tomorrow, and it means to infinity and beyond. I mean, like forever, this is what you're going to get to experience with walking in the Lord. What you produce, what you're creating when you walk in the Lord is not going to perish away. Y'all see it all throughout Scripture that your deeds, what you put your hands to, will last for eternity. Whenever I go to someone and share the gospel with them, that seed that I'm planting in their heart is going to last for eternity with them. It means that what we do on this side of earth, on this side of eternity, is going to last for forever. Our leaf does not wither. It is not perishing. Whenever I was uh, walking through the ice storm a couple weeks ago, you remember that thing? Power went out. Anybody lose power? A lot of people get four days. Yeah, listen, I had it out for, I think, six. We lost it for six over my apartment. Here's the deal. Thank you. I appreciate that. We lost it for six days. I remember after about day two, I was like, you know what? It can't be that cold at my apartment. I said, I'm just going to stay the night there. It's all cool. And so we didn't have power at that time. It was cold outside, but it was even like, it was still as cold inside. You know, it wasn't like warmer like you would think because you're in the house, right? It's not the case. And uh, I remember the temperature said it was, I think, 57 degrees whenever I laid in bed. I had my thermals on, I had my hoodie on, I had my wool socks. I even had those little hot hands, you know what I'm talking about? I put some hot hands. I had like all the blankets I could find in my house. We were set up big time. I went to bed and I woke up, y'all, in another world. You ever seen Narnia where he goes to that little wardrobe thing and he's like, where am I at? You know, it's snow all over the ground. That was my room. I'm not going to lie. It felt like that. I thought I was in that mean witch's castle. That's what I felt like, you know? Um, I went and left. I packed my bags, left for a couple days. Electricity came back on. I came home and the fridge, you know what I'm talking about? The fridge been down bad. It seemed some bad days, especially on this one. And uh, we had to throw out all of our food. And the biggest casualty of all, my ice cream, y'all. My bluebell ice cream. Yeah. I know, I know. Perished. It was gone. It was gone. We had to throw it out, toss to the side. It was donezos. Here, I'm telling you this right now. Praise the Lord that although everything in this life is one day going to wither and pass away, your life, if you are rooted in Christ, is going to last for eternity no matter what seasons, no matter what storms, no matter what challenges come your way, nothing will be able to take away from you the eternal life that you have in Jesus Christ. Nothing can separate you from the love of Christ. Romans chapter 8, verses 31 through 38, captures that so well. We don't have time to jump in it tonight. But Romans 8, 31 through 38 is rich, and it captures this idea that nothing in this world can separate you from the love of Christ, from the eternal love of Christ. Nothing can. 
Last thing he says right here that we see for the good, we're about to go into the negative in a minute, but he says this. He says, in all that he does, he prospers. In all that he does, he prospers. I'm going to put this right here. What does he prosper in? This right here. In all that he does. Students, Joshua is Joshua chapter 1, verse 8 is one of my favorite verses in the Old Testament. It's a moment when Moses has just passed away, and there's no joke. There are over a million people that are looking for a new leader. And the person that has risen to the occasion that God has raised up is going to be a guy named Joshua. And Joshua is shaking in his boots. He's nervous about what's about to happen. And the Lord tells him three times in the first nine verses of Joshua chapter 1, he says, be strong and courageous. And you know how he encourages him? He encourages him with a promise here. It's the same verbiage we see here in Psalm chapter 1. Can I read it for you off the screen real quick? Joshua 1.8. Let's go to it real quick. Joshua 1.8 says this. Um, it's coming. Maybe not. Oh, there we go. Bravo. Thank you so much. Thanks, media. Appreciate y'all. All right. This book of the law. What is that talking about? The Bible. This book of the law shall not depart your what? But you shall. What? Same verbiage. Whoa, pretty cool. The Bible's man, a living and active. So good. All right. But you shall. All right. But you shall. On it. Where'd y'all see that at? Psalm chapter 1, verses 1 and 2, right? Yeah. So that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. So he's saying, the reason you should not, or the reason you should meditate on the word every day is that you might be careful to do what it says in it. For then, when you obey the word of God, you will make your way what? Man, y'all aren't even tracking with me. That was, that, that was the punch, y'all. You will make your way prosperous, and you will have good success. Students, I'm telling you right now, there's nothing more that people want in life than to just be successful, to have blessings, to have thrivings in what they do. I'm not here to preach a prosperity gospel, but I'm here to tell you this. God's word says that if you will simply walk in his word, obey his commandments, then in all that you do, you're going to find the joys and successes that come with walking in Jesus. Students, isn't that what you want in life? Don't you want to come out of middle school ministry saying, man, that, those three years were a success. They weren't as hard as everyone talks about. I learned to put deodorant on by sixth grade before it was over. You know, like I learned the tricks. Don't you want to come out of middle school and say, man, it was a joy. There were hard days. It was challenging. I was learning different things. I was walking through the journey of middle school, but man, it was a win for me because I stuck to the word of God and God was with me and he took care of me. He loved me. He walked me through the hard days and the good days. Is, not, is that not what you want, Sammy? Yeah. Then if that's what you want, Sammy, I'm gonna tell you the roadmap to get there. Meditate on his word day and night. Spend time reading the Bible in the morning and in the evening and make it your goal to live in the word, live by what the word says through the rest of the day. I'm telling you, it's not hard, y'all. You want to, if, I'm just telling you straight, 
If you want the success and joys in this life, it begins with your day starting in the Bible, finishing in the Bible, and trying to live every moment in between obeying what you're seeing there. Does that make sense? It's not rocket science. You don't have to go read an extra book to figure this one out. Just live by Psalm 1, verses 1, 2, 3, and 4. I promise it will change your life. It's not me. I'm not here promising something big. I'm just telling you what the Bible says. And I'm telling you, these are not empty words for me. They are my life. Now, here's the, here's the kicker. He says, The person who does not walk in the way of the wicked, who does not stand in the way of sinners, nor does he sit in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and all his law he meditates day and night. That person is like a tree. He is firmly planted. He is fully resourced by the streams of water. He is fruit-bearing that he yields, he yields his fruit in all seasons. Man, his leaf does not wither, meaning that he is faithfully secure for all of eternity, and he is also freely blessed in everything that he does. That is the journey that this person is going to take. What a rich blessing for that person. The person who stiff arms the word, the person who stiff arms the Lord, the person who chooses not to walk in that counsel, man, that is labeled right here as the wicked. And he says, the wicked are not so. You know what that means? He's saying, you know this whole blessing thing I just talked about right here? You see this whole deal? Well, I'm going to go and tell you, this is the bad news. The wicked get no part of that. No part. It's not theirs. That blessing is not theirs. They can walk up to the door and try every key they got. They ain't got the key to that one. The door ain't going to open for that one. He says, they are like chaff, like the wind drives away. And I'm going to be honest, today's terms, I'm not going to explain what chaff is. I'll give you a different illustration. It's the same concept. Man, one of my things I love to do when I go on road trips, I always will take with me a bag of sunflower seeds. And I love it to death. I'll pop a bunch in my mouth. I'll take literally like 20, throw them in my mouth, and I'll throw them all to one side of my mouth, and I will literally move them one by one to the left side, and I'll break it open, chew the seed, and I will spit the extra part out. You know, with me, you're with me on that? If I'm in the car, I'll spit it in a cup. But if I'm, if I'm hiking, and if I'm out hanging outside, doing whatever, I will just spit the seed out on the ground. It will dry up, and it will be blown away. It will dissolve one day. Y'all with me? It will wither, right? I know, y'all are like, that was way too much for me to process. <laughs> I get it. Some of y'all are like, I need to go back to the bathroom. That was gross. That's disgusting. Here's the deal. When he says the wicked are like the chaff, the wind that drive away... There's, there's the grain of wheat there. The outer part is the shell. That is called the chaff. And the chaff, whenever they would thresh it on the ground, they would beat it on the ground, what they would do is they would take and throw it up in the air, and that extra seed casing would be blown away in the wind because it was real light, blown away in the wind. And what was good would fall back on the floor and be kept and used for cooking and all the other stuff. He says that the wicked are like that outer seed shell casing that is taken and thrown in the air, and when the wind comes, it is blown away, disappears forever. Students, this is a clear picture of what is to come one day when Jesus comes back. The one who walks with the Lord, the one who is saved, the one who is a follower of Jesus, who lives by the words of Jesus, you know what it says about him? Man, he's going to be like a tree. 
and his roots are going to dig deep, and he's going to stand strong and tall, firmly planted, tapped into a, man, functional resource that's going to produce life and joy in him. In all that he does, he's going to bear fruit in all seasons. He's also, in all that he does, his leaf will never wither. In all that he does, he will always prosper. That's what's going to happen for that person. And one day when Jesus comes back, that person's going to go with Jesus and spend eternity with him. And that's a place called heaven. But man, the wicked, the ones who choose not to follow with the Lord, the ones who stiff-arm God, the ones who choose not to obey him, those are the ones that would be cast out into the lake of fire in a place called hell. It's eternal damnation. And I'm here to beg with you. I'm here to beg with everyone in this room right here. Please, you've got two roads to take. The path of the righteous and the path of the wicked. You, this is not a group project. You've got to decide. How will you walk? Will you walk in the path of the righteous? Will you walk in the path of the wicked? There's two outcomes. There's two roads to take. There's two rewards seen on the screen today. Next week, we're going to see what the two results are, which is a place called heaven and a place called hell. And you've got to decide, what are you going to do about it? Students, today's your chance. Some of you today may say, Corey, I want to take my life off of the path of the wicked, and I want to join the path of the righteous. For the first time in my life, I want to make that decision. What I want to do, I want to ask you to do a favor. When we finish up in a moment, you come find me, and I'll sit down with you one-on-one, and we can talk face-to-face about what that means to follow Jesus. I'll be glad to talk with you. For the majority in the room, though, I know a lot of you are already believers. You already walk with the Lord. You're already on that journey. Well, let me ask you this. You remember whenever I showed that picture? Can I pull that picture up one more time of the dunes? Can you go to that real quick? There is a barren wasteland out there that you could be walking in and on a journey in all by yourself. And I'm not saying that you're not having friends around you. What I'm saying is you wake up every day and you tackle it with the beating down heat of the sun without any oasis to go to. And it is miserable for you. It's miserable. The Christian life feels impossible. It feels hard. All those things. Let me tell you. If you are not tapped into the word of God, I promise the journey is going to feel like a dry oasis every single time, or dry desert every single time. It's going to feel like this. And you're going to look out, and for as far as you can see, you don't see the hope, you don't see the joy, you're not finding real happiness in what you're doing right now. I mean, you're going to be in that camp for as long as you choose not to go to the oasis of Scripture and dive into the word of God. I want you to enjoy the fullness that God has for you in your life. And it begins with diving into the Bible. So let me ask you this. Here's the question I need you to answer by writing something down in your journal if you got it. Put it in your phone if you got it. I don't care what you got to do. Find a spot for you to put this down on paper. I'm going to ask you very simply, how are you, church fam, how are you, middle school ministry, going to start right now making it a greater priority in your life to meditate on the Word of God when you rise in the morning, and when you go to bed at night. How are you going to do that? How are you going to make it a priority in your life right now to spend time in the Word of God in the morning and in the evening? What is it for you? 
If you don't plan to do it, it's not going to happen. If you don't make it your mission and goal to do that, it's not going to happen. You're not going to accidentally start tomorrow just reading your Bible. You've got to make it a decision. You've got to make it a priority in your life to do that. So how can you do that today? Anybody in this back section over here, anybody got any ideas of how you're going to do it this week? Anybody? Can I get a microphone for us, Morgan? Can you grab me one? Oh, sorry. Anybody in this back section got any idea of how you would actually choose this week to meditate on the Word, to spend time in the Word day and night? Anybody in this? I'm looking at the back section first. You got it right there, bud? How are you going to do it, bud? To wake up earlier and read the Bible in the morning. That's right. Do you, do you like waking up in the morning? Like, do you like waking up early? No. What time you got to be at school? 7.30. 7.30. Do you think, to be honest, do you think it's ideal for you to wake up? What time do you got to wake up now to get ready for school at 7.30? Uh, 7. 7 o'clock? So let me ask you this. If you were to try to get to school on time, right now you're waking up at 7, to do that with the Lord's going to take waking up another like 15, 20 minutes probably? Yeah. Yeah? Do you, would you rather read at night? Probably. Okay, that's a good question. Here's the deal. What if you did this? What if you took your Psalm 1, verse 3 and 4, and you taped it on your mirror where you do your brushing your teeth, all that kind of stuff in the morning, and you do this. When you're getting ready in the morning, you're looking at that verse, and you're thinking about Psalm 1, 3 through 4 today. And at night, you choose you're going to read some of the Bible. But in the morning, you're just going to look at that verse, think about it, maybe try to memorize it, and that's how you meditate on the Word in the morning, and try to do it at night. You think that'd be doable? Yeah. A little bit easier? Mm-hmm. That's not crazy hard, but it's still in your normal routine. But you could do that, right? Probably. Yeah. All right. Someone else, maybe. How are you going to meditate on the Word throughout the day? Day and night. You got something right here? You could do your Exodus reading plan. That's right. You doing Exodus with us right now? Are you trying to? Yeah. yeah? Are you enjoying it? Um... Yeah. Yeah? Is it confusing in some parts? <laughs> some. Yeah, I'm going to be honest. The Bible, sometimes I read I'm like, dude, I don't know what I just read. You ever got to read it twice? You're like, I don't know what I just came through. Are you learning stuff about the Lord right now? Yeah. Yeah? Has it been cool? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love it. Thanks so much for sharing. What about someone in this section? You had your hand up, bud. I'll come to you, man. You've had your hand up for a while. How can you meditate on the Word day and night to set yourself up to be like we see on the screen here? What about you? Uh, well, every time, me and my mom, when we're on the way to school, we've been doing this uh, chronological Bible. Yeah. And Y'all listen been, to it in the car? Yeah, we've been reading the Bible with the, every chapter, and then we've been listening to this podcast. Yeah. And I think right now we're in the book of Jeremiah. Dude, give me knuckle bumps, bro. That's big time. And props to your mom, man. That's huge. She's making it a point to say, hey, we're going to read the Bible. We're going to read the Bible together, you know? Yeah, it was part of our uh, New Year's resolution. Baller, man. That's big time. Great job, dude. Thanks so much. I'm going to go one more person. I'm going to go to this far side over here. What are ways that you, as a real Christian, a real believer, are making a priority to daily meditate and work on the Word of God every single day? Come on, right here. This is the last thing will be done. I apologize. We're going late. Taking away distractions. Okay, so what are distractions that you face on a normal basis? Like your phone phone is one. What else? Like friends and like being friends popular. and stuff. What else? Like being popular. Yeah. 
So those things can be distractions. What are, with the phone, what's one way you can get the phone out of right here, put it to the side? What's one way you can do that when you're wanting to read the Bible? Give it to your parents. Give it to your parents. My goodness, I've never heard a middle school say that, and that's amazing. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, all the leaders in the back are like, Shit, I'm, yes, that's perfect. Yeah. Thanks so much. Students, there is not a cookie-cutter plan that's fit for you. I'm going to be honest. What Keaton does with his daily Bible reading is probably going to look different than what Cam does. And what Cam does is going to look a little bit different than what Lil's does. And Lil's going to look a little bit different than what Jonah does in the back. It's just going to be different. And I'm not here to tell you that your Bible reading plan needs to look like a coloring book like mine. I'm not saying you got to do that. I'm just saying... My plan of doing something is better than your no plan of not doing anything. And if you want to tap into something, it begins with you right now making the conscious decision to start reading the Bible. If you don't know where to begin, if you're not sure where to start, then here's where I'll tell you to go. Number one, start in Psalm chapter one. Ah, one of the best Psalms out there. Number two, you can read with us through the book of Exodus. We have reading plans in the back. Miss Morgan's got one hand up right now. If you want to grab one of those on the way out, man, stop by and grab one. But don't finish us going through the Psalm series and you walk away and say, man, I never even picked up my Bible one time doing anything different here. Don't do that. You're going to regret it and you're going to miss out on the many blessings that come with someone who roots their life in the Word of God.